Hello. Oh, are we are we on? My bad. We are live. We are live. Uh, you like that? The, I learned from you. You clapped to start the video, so I'm gonna do that from now on. We are live. This is Mike yes. Duquesne. What? Yeah, this is a hobby talk one. podcast. Mike Duquesne, David Scrivener. David, how are you doing this Sunday evening? Good. Do you have more than one camera? Uh, does it look like I have more than one camera? No, but I'm just wondering why you would clap. Uh, Usually that's it. Just gets like me pumped two, up. Two, two, two cameras or two audio sources to get synced up. Yeah, I just need to psych myself up. You just need to psych, yeah. The clap is yeah. to psych, yeah. It's just a good way to start it. the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know if you, you you caught me at a bad time, but I was um I was eating my snacks since I had to uh, have a uh, food item to discuss, right? So it was my turn. Yeah, it's your turn to have a snack. Okay. So I don't know if this today. is as uh, unique as yours from last week. Um, it's just an ice cream cone. But uh, pretty interesting flavor, I think. I don't know if you've had this. This is like an old school flavor. Rocky Road. Yes. Rocky Road. I remember that. Yeah. Okay. I haven't had it in a long time. Yeah, exactly. I, uh, for some reason, I had a dream like a couple of weeks ago <laughs> about Rocky Road ice cream. Um, so I felt like I had to get some. And it's really good. I hadn't had it in like, like 15 or 20 years. Um, chocolate, marshmallow, almonds, and that's pretty much it, but it's awesome. So basically, um, my family's been eating ice cream nonstop for the last couple weeks now. So, uh, that's, that's it. My, uh, my review is it's good. Rocky road ice cream. If you haven't eaten it in like a decade or two, give it a try. Um, it's definitely in yeah. the top 15 of the flavors of ice cream. <laughs> now it has like a marshmallows. Like, is it like a hard marshmallow in there, or is no. it like a marshmallow flavor? Like a swirl no, it's got, of marshmallow. It has. I can't remember. I think it's actual marshmallow, but it's more of a consistency of like the ice cream itself, or like kind of a so, melted, a melted marsh marshmallow kind of. It's like a swirled marshmallow flavor yes. in there. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay. It's That's good probably stuff. better than the little crunchy marshmallows in there. It you is know, marshmallows there is. and like cereal, like like uh, Lucky Charms. Mm. That's and good like, too. Well, yeah, but only once it's soaked up the milk. Like when it's just like a crunchy marshmallow, like and it like grits on your teeth. It is you a little bit hot for a marshmallow to be that hard. I agree with that, but I I would eat it. So uh, let's jump right in here. Um, unfortunately, in baseball news, it was kind of a rough week. Uh, we lost two Hall of Famers this past week, um, Don Sutton and Hank Aaron. Um, and the Braves fans were hit particularly hard. Um, both of these um, Hall of Famers were closely tied to the Braves. So a little bit about Don Sutton. He was a Hall of Fame pitcher. For 23 years, he pitched in Major League Baseball for 23 years, which is crazy. Um, he actually spent most of his time with the Dodgers as a, as a player. 
Um, but I know him as a broadcaster for the Atlanta Braves. That's how I remember him. Um, you know, I wasn't alive when he was pitching, um, but I was alive and remember watching um, Braves games and have him as the announcer. So um, really sad uh, to see that he passed away. Um, and then also Hank Aaron. I mean, that's that's a real bummer. I, when I heard the news on Thursday, it was Thursday, right, David? Mm, yeah, I can't remember which day yeah. it was. But. Yeah, I think he passed away on uh, this past Thursday. Um, he was 86 years old, so, I mean, he was an old man. He lived a, a long and good life, of, of course, but um, still, you're just never really, like, prepared for that unless, I mean, maybe if you knew he had a long series of, like, illnesses or something like that, but it kind of was sudden to me. Um, I wasn't aware that he was sick at all or anything. Of course, you know, when you're 86, anything can happen, but, um, you know, he, uh, I didn't get to watch him play because he played before I was born as well. But he played for 23 years as well. So this is kind of ridiculous that um, the longevity of both of these players was amazing. You don't see players nowadays playing that long hardly ever. So it's really, um, you know, a great career. Um, and, of course, 755 home runs just in his career is amazing. Uh, a lot of people think he's still consider him the home run champion you know, career champion because the people that are above him all have kind of question marks regarding, you know, steroids and cheating and that sort of thing. Um, so he definitely played the game the right way. And, um, you know, I know I know him mostly just being a spokesman for the game. Um, and just I've heard him talk in interviews and he's always been upstanding, um, you know, humble person. Um, I think one of the comments, uh, the quotes that he had that, I thought was really, really great was he wanted to be remembered as a great person more so than a great player. I think at least for for me personally, um, that's how I remember him because, um, you know, he just seemed like a really good guy. Um, he had to deal with a lot of racism and adversity when he was playing. Um, and I know that's still kind of an issue today, but it was especially bad back then. Um, and, you know, he handled it with class. Um, so I just, when to bring that up, you know, just rest in peace, Don Sutton and Hank Aaron. Kind of sad news, but hopefully we can, you know, celebrate their lives because they're two really um, good people and, and brought a lot to the game. So they meant a lot to baseball and, you know, the world in general. Did you, you watch remember? the call? Did you watch the call? Uh, was it Vince Coley, I think, uh, called as uh, 715th? I haven't had a chance to uh, go back and watch. I've seen check, it. You know, check that out. Yeah, I mean, I've seen it a number of times. His his famous home run um, when the two fans or whatever ran on the field. That's kind of crazy. I've seen that multiple times. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's like I said. I don't remember. I never saw him play. I wish I would have had the opportunity to. Um, but you know, just you know, he's. Get a, he's going to be a Hall of Famer forever in baseball, and um, you know nobody can take that away from him. So, what do you have any thoughts about Don Sutton? Do you remember listening to Don Sutton Braves games? Yeah, I mean, definitely. That's, I mean, he was definitely one of the ones that I listened to the most. I mean, because I mean, I'm not sure which year, what years he was actually uh, an announcer, but um, you know, must have been. A good swath of when I actually <laughs> listen yeah. and watch baseball. For uh, sure, yeah. I don't. Unfortunately, Braves. I don't have it down. 
how many years he was broadcaster, but it was several years that he was broadcaster for the Braves. Um, so yeah, that was um, some kind of rough news this past week on the baseball front. I've uh, again, once again, I'm going to kind of peek to my left a little bit. You'll catch me peeking to the left. I've got the TV on. We got the NFL playoffs still going. Um, so we got uh, we're down to the final game before the Super Bowl. Uh, the first game just wrapped up. The NFC champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, it's just pretty amazing to me that Tom Brady um, just keeps winning. You know, he's was with the Patriots forever, um, won all those Super Bowls, um, and he's over 40 years old, 42 or something years old, and still out there playing at a very high level. Um, it's just really amazing to take for him to come over to Tampa Bay and take him to the Super Bowl this year is pretty amazing. So, and then this game right now is. Um, Buffalo and uh, Kansas City Chiefs. It looks like Buffalo's got an early lead, so that'll be that would be a little bit of an upset if Buffalo can hold on. But um, it's still pretty early, so I'll kind of keep keep my eye on that. By the time a lot of you all are listening to this, the game will probably be over. So, <laughs> but you already know, so I won't make any predictions as far as who's going to win. If the game's not over by the time people are listening to this. Um, that's a long game. <laughs> most likely by this the time you're Sunday listening to this night. game's over Sunday so you'll night, already know so. but as of this recording this game is still going on so david tell me uh what, what do you want to talk about now do you want to talk about apple tesla bitcoin which one where do you want to go i mean honestly not a whole lot going on i'm gonna go with tesla first because uh, okay. not a whole lot going on you know they had like a record not only a record quarter last quarter but a record year last year as far as deliveries and everything but I think a lot of people, a lot of analysts and stuff are not really uh, taking into consideration the, the growth that they're actually putting in place. So I don't know if you know this, but they have like a, a, new, uh, a new gigafactory that they're building in Texas. You heard about that? I heard something about that. Yeah. When's that supposed to come online? So it's going to be sometime this year, uh, probably fall-ish. They're going to start with uh, the Model Y, and then they're going to have the Cybertruck there. Really excited about the Cybertruck. Got my one to five Cybertrucks on order. Um, (laughs) But, yeah, so they – but the the, one of the news items that came out today – well, actually, it wasn't one today. It was uh, a couple days ago, I guess. The – they started rolling in some of their – what they're calling gigapresses. So like the gigapress is, it's pretty revolutionary uh, piece of equipment that basically they can stamp like a huge section, like the whole back of the Model Y, for example, they stamp it like in one big block and just say like press it into like a one one piece. It's like they're basically trying to get it so that they can just take like three large pieces of the chassis and just put them together and that's it which is like crazy it's, it's gonna be like a matchbox car you know i mean it's, it's gonna like stamp the whole car and it's like spit it out you know it's i was gonna crazy. say that that's a pretty easy lego set you got like three pieces of the lego set <laughs> yeah, you just yeah, do exactly you got the car ready to go but that's what it's all about man it's about, about the efficiency of building it the cost and everything but they've got a few of them that are getting deliveries to the gigafactory in texas so they're getting, you know, stuff's going on over there. I'm hoping that, like, they're going to get something online this summer and actually start building stuff out of uh, Texas, which would be great because, 
I mean, at least for East Coast, it's going to be a lot closer for anybody getting a Model Y or a Cybertruck. Cybertruck's all going to be built there. Do you think that'll help with, like, delivery times, like, costs of, like, transportation, like, getting the cars over where they need to go? Yeah, and that's exactly the the whole point is there. So, like, the Model Y is going to be uh, built there and the Cybertruck, but the Model Y is already, right now, built in Fremont. Um, So, over there in California... If you're in the East Coast getting your Model Y shipped, obviously it's across the whole country. So now you'll have anything that's East Coast or uh, mid- middle of the country is going to be from Gigafactory, Texas for the Model Y. That's interesting. So do you think there's any concern about this new t- technology, this new equipment to like just kind of take three big pieces and throw them together? Like as far as like quality and like safety concern, like is it going to be built still really well or you know obviously they wouldn't put something out that's not safe but uh well we could go down a rabbit hole on that but (laughs) (laughs) hopefully not uh i would i would recommend checking out um sandy monroe so like there's actually a youtube channel um he's he's been in the industry a long time and he goes through like he actually he's he's been a long time in the industry and he takes like manufacturing companies and he suggests how to make things better more efficient, more cost-effective, and better, you know, quality. And one of his suggestions was actually to make a press uh, that you cast, you know, one part for the whole back of the car. He actually has a, you know, he had suggested casting, like, the entire car. But, um, you know, I don't know if we'll ever get there. I mean, but... <laughs> the so whole it might actually be better, better than what it was yeah. before. So then. it's definitely supposed to be... It's better in every way. It's more cost effective. It's uh, you know quicker, and it's better structurally. So, all right. Well, that's interesting. We'll see. We'll see how that plays out. I um I was gonna jump back into the uh, baseball scene a little bit. Um, on the Cubs front, there was a lot of uh, activity the last couple weeks. I guess um, back in January of ninth. Schwarber signed with the Nationals. So Schwarber was the left fielder for the Cubs, um, who they decided not to uh, sign. Um, and then there's also um, another Cub that signed with the Nationals on January 18th, Cubs pitcher uh, John Lester. So now Lester joins Schwarber over at the National with the Nationals. So uh, we can call them the Washington Cubs, I guess. Um, they're they're taking all of our players. Um, so it, it really, it's interesting because the NL East is just getting nuts. Um, you know, the NL East is getting better and better. That's of course the division where the Braves are in. You got the Braves, the Nationals are looking strong. Their pitching rotation now is Scherzer. They've got, um, Strasburg. They've got Corbin and now they got Lester as a four. I mean, that's a really good, uh, pitching rotation. You know, they got Schwarber now in left field and Masher. Um, so they're going to be a real uh, team to to watch out for. Um, so the Braves better watch out. And then, the, you know, the, the Mets are are looking good. They just got um, Lindor recently, the shortstop uh, from Cleveland. Um, and they already had a great p- pitching staff with DeGrom and, um, and, and uh, uh, Thor. <laughs> so that, they're going to be really good. So it'll be really interesting. And then the Marlins came out of nowhere last year and made the playoffs. So, I mean – the NL East is really strong, and then the NL Central, the, the Cubs division. I mean, it's 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 struggling. It's it's looking weak on paper, um, which might be good for the Cubs because 
Um, the Cubs are hurting right now. We, we've got some minor pickups, you know, in our deal with uh, the Padres, uh, we traded away our best pitcher, Darvish, who's a Cy Young candidate, for a middle-tier pitcher, uh, Davies, and some prospects. So we're kind of looking for the future there on that trade. But um, it's kind of interesting how the Cubs have been making a lot of deals. Well, I guess this wasn't a deal. You know, he, he was a free agent, basically, and he signed with the Nationals. But it's interesting how... Um, Cubs players and uh, certain organizations ha- seem to be working together. You know, um, the Padres have uh, worked with the Cubs on a number of d- a pretty significant deals. Going back a ways, um, Anthony Rizzo, the star first baseman for the Cubs, came from the Padres organization. Our GM now, Jed Hoyer, originally was a GM for the Padres. So, um, and they just recently made a deal. So, uh, I was thinking about this. You know, in the Nationals, actually, we're talking with the Cubs a lot about Chris Bryant, who's still the Cub for for now. Uh, but if, if Bryant goes, we definitely can rename him the Washington Cubs for sure. But I was thinking about this as far as like kind of on a um, on a Tesla front. I know you just talked about Tesla, but um, I wonder if it it's similar in the auto industry where there's um, not trades, but do they work together like company to company? I think they surely talk a little bit. I mean, obviously, you don't want to give away your secrets or whatever, competitive secrets. But um, kind of as an industry, do you, do you think like uh, Tesla's looking at like Honda and be like, ooh, I, I like what we're doing. But Honda has this that w- would be really nice if we had this or if this person came over to Tesla or something like that. Like, let's do a trade. Uh, is there anything like that that you're aware of that goes on in like the automotive industry? Are you talking about actually like, like engineers like an, or are you talking about like Yeah, well anything like an engineer, an executive, or like or just processes like Honda's really good at making engines or something, for instance. Um, yeah, I mean Tesla's not gonna care uh, about engines. <laughs> yeah, they're not gonna care about engines, but I mean there maybe there's something like they yeah. um they, no, their dealerships are are really efficient I, with a customer service or something. Well, I would say Tesla is kind of going their own path, separate yeah. from basically every other auto manufacturer. Yeah. Uh, and so, in fact, you, you have like VW, I guess, is kind of looking at like Tesla as far as, okay, how do we catch Tesla in the EV sector? They're trying to catch up with Tesla because they're leading the way on EVs. So Tesla's kind of gone their own direction. And now it's like it's forcing the other manufacturers to to look at how they can make competitive EVs. But as far as like trading uh, engineers and stuff, I, I would have said it was uh, it's kind of interesting. Like Tesla and Apple have a lot of uh, trading of uh, software engineers. Yeah. Yeah, it so is interesting actually, that like, you say they, that because they kind, of steal, they kind of steal talent back and forth between. <laughs> That's- that, that's kind of where things. I was going. Um, I've actually heard that Tesla is almost more comparable to like a technology company than they are like a automotive uh, company. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So maybe it would be more applicable to say, does like like what you said, does Apple and Tesla like talk to each other? Do they kind of swap and trade? The, and, those, they, well, they don't. I wouldn't say that they. Well, they're uh, not trading, but you know, they what I'm don't saying. trade. They don't talk to each other, but uh, people move. Uh, from company to company, yeah. and it is tech. It's it's tech. So, yeah, I mean, Tesla absolutely. I think it's, I think that's what a lot of people get kind of miss about Tesla is that they don't realize it's actually a tech company. I mean, they like they're building a car, yes, but 
it's all about the software. It's all about the tech in, in the car and especially with full self-driving. So they're, they're aspiring to be the first uh, manufacturer that has full self-driving cars. That's all software. So they're in-house designing the software and everything. And um, so yeah, obviously it takes a lot of software engineers to do that. So yeah, they steal people from anywhere they can get it. And Apple, I think, is uh, one of those places. Yeah, I mean, when I asked the question, I kind of was like, uh, I know where this is headed. I mean, if anything, a lot of people are looking at Tesla and be like, what are they doing? Because their their stock's exploding. Like, you know, Elon Musk is most, um, you know, what he's the richest man in the world now. Is that right? Um, yeah, if not I always wonder how they actually, there. like, I mean, I, I don't know how you see it, but basically, like, if you have a stock, for example, and you and your stock is worth you know a thousand dollars do you say that your net worth is a thousand dollars or do you say that you own a stock that if you sold it today would be worth a thousand dollars yeah because i'm I pretty mean, sure you really think about it he doesn't have that cash yeah yeah, yeah i'm pretty the same sure thing they... that if you're comparing it to like bezos it's the same thing he owns stock in a company he owns yeah, guess... you know amazon so he owns Tesla, SpaceX, you know. Yeah, I think they definitely take they companies. definitely take that stock into consideration. So I mean, if if he owns that, you know, forty percent, I don't know how much. I know he owns a lot well, of stock. In he Tesla. doesn't even draw a salary. Yeah. Okay, so it's all Tesla then, basically. Every so he's all in on <laughs> it's, Tesla. It's like, uh, yeah, actually, uh, to to I think I'm pretty sure that most of what he does, um, as far as like living off of, uh, you know for wages like he he just does loans against his stock i think it's just so it's so, so crazy i mean i can't even imagine yeah. like he's definitely a different guy i mean we could spend all day and many years talking about this guy but um but yeah so that's interesting um i i threw in i guess you mentioned apple is there anything interesting going on newsworthy for with apple over the last week or so uh, well, you know, it's rumor season, so now they're talking about all the new stuff that's coming out, um, or maybe coming out. It's always rumors. <laughs> yeah. uh, that's what makes it fun, though. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. I I don't know if you, you don't have a phone that has Face ID, do you? I don't know. Does the iPhone 7 have Face ID? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> use your Use your thumbprint to unlock your phone. I do, face yeah. Face ID I do. Uh, uses your face. That's right. So I don't have yeah. that. So face ID. Anyway, uh, so face ID isn't actually on anything except for iPhones and iPads right now. And they're talking about uh, it hopefully coming to some Macs. But now they're saying that it won't even come in this next redesign. But, you know, I got the Mac Mini uh, with their new M1 chip. And uh, Apple is obviously working on the new computers that are going to be coming out with their uh, new Apple Silicon. And so they only announced the basically the lowest end. So I think what's going to be really interesting to see this year is what they what they come out with as far as the higher end computers. Because right now, the, you know, the, the M1 chip on the low end Macs that they have is outperforming a lot of high end PCs. So when they come out with uh, what they consider to be the high end 
you know, the high-end uh, iMac and the Mac Pro, MacBook Pro, all these. It's going to be really interesting to see, like, how these chips compare to anything else in the industry because it could be it could be ridiculous. I mean, already the M1 chips are ridiculous, you know, as far as, like, uh, watt, you know, performance per watt and the cost and everything and size of the chip. But uh yeah when they when they come out with the new stuff this year so it's gonna be interesting to see like are these rumors about you know thinner and lighter macbook airs and totally redesigned macbook pro um and the imac totally redesigned redesigned imac so all those are going to be really interesting to see like what kind of technology they have in those as, as far as the specs you know they don't they're not big on specs as far as like saying like uh you know for example like how much ram they have or what gigahertz the processor is or anything like that. They basically just say it's like faster. <laughs> but <laughs> I mean, their, that's, that's I appreciate know. that because I don't know, you can tell me whatever gigabytes and RAM and all that stuff. And I have no clue, but if you say it's faster, I understand that. Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, I think that's what, that's one of the things I really like about Apple is like, they just say, okay, we wanted to make it faster and cheaper and, you know, use less energy. And we did it to like 3x on this chip. That's what they say. And then everybody's like, yeah, whatever. And they do tests, you know? So like you have all these people, like all these like tech nerds are like, oh, I'm gonna benchmark it and I'm gonna see what it's you know, what what's the real deal? Is it actually what they say? And then like this M1 chip like blew everybody away. They're like, what? It's not even possible. I think like it's like half the power for like twice the performance. That's wild. So you're you're enjoying is. your uh, new MacBook then? When did you buy that? I got a Mac Mini. Mac uh, Mini. So it's the desktop. It's like a small. I think I can show it. Oh, it's okay. Right That's it right there. Yeah. That's so wild. it's like, you know, it's like the size of like a plate, and it's maybe, you know, two inches tall. I like so it. it's. It's nice, um, but it doesn't come with a you know monitor or keyboard or anything, so you get a lot separate. But um, we're probably gonna have to get a computer for Megan because uh, she's got a pretty old one now. So if we do that, we'll probably get a MacBook Air. I'm guessing. Yeah, well, Just keep me updated on that. We'll we'll probably need to so, get a new one. We we got a, a laptop, a. Uh, uh lenovo laptop for uh julie um i guess it was last year um you know our computer our laptop that we had was just it was getting old it was dying it wasn't working well and um especially once the kids started working from school we had to have a reliable laptop so um this seems to be working out well for us as you know it was a cheap thing um we just needed something that would work um, it's worked for us, but you know, now Colin's already, my son is already asking about, I need a laptop, so we'll see. We, we made it work with this one for now, but um, I might reach out to you and see about these these iMacs and, and Mac minis and whatever they're called, because uh, I've always had the, the Microsoft, um, you know, laptops, so I've never really had the, you know, we have the um, the iPad, so we, we use the iPad, but we don't have the um, Apple computer, so... Um, uh, I was going to bring up one other topic here before we uh, we close out baseball cards. I can't end a podcast without talking about baseball cards. 
So I've been working, like I talked about last week, I've been organizing my cards, gearing up kind of for 2021 baseball card season to kick in, which will be a couple weeks away, which I'm getting excited about. But I've basically been trying to log them on the computer. So I'm kind of um, cataloging my cards, my PC, my personal collection. And then I've got a, a Beckett over here. I kind of keeping an eye on the values and seeing what I project my value of my PC is. Um, so that's been kind of fun. I've got, you know, maybe 50 or 60 more cards I got to log in. Um, but in part of the process of uh, getting ready for 2021, I bought some supplies. So supplies for baseball cards, typically, how do you store the cards, right? So I bought some top loaders, which are just kind of these hard cases that you can put your cards in to kind of protect them. Um, so usually your better cards you want to put in top loaders. Um, then your less valuable cards you can put in a box or put in a binder or something. So I bought um, uh, some top loaders from BCW, which is one of the top uh, producers of these uh, baseball card supplies companies. BCW supplies. I, I opened up the box and I looked at the bottom. Do you know where they're located, where, where they're headquartered at? Guess. Georgia. It, Georgia, no. Anderson, Indiana. My, <laughs> no. my birthplace, my hometown. No. It was wild. I had no idea. Their headquarters is in Anderson, Indiana. So I was blown away. I was, I was like, I'm buying BCW from now on. I got to support my hometown. That was wild. I had no idea. My my hometown was where the headquarters of this baseball card. Um, I guess it's not a baseball card company, but you know, a lot big part of their business is you know the card and um, trading card industry. Um, so I thought that was pretty wild. Um, so I just thought I'd throw that out there. Um, I, I I found that out this week, and I was pretty surprised, and I thought that was pretty cool. So are you are you ready? Are you gearing up for it? Are you excited? You got we got a couple of weeks here, maybe three weeks before the uh, series one top series one comes out. You'll be getting your opening your first box of cards in probably two decades. <laughs> yeah, you ready? I think you're it? gonna uh, you're gonna have to let me know when uh, like the beginning of the season starts. Like I'm gonna have to get I'm gonna have to get like I'm gonna have to get into it like the very beginning of the season. I think that's part of the yeah. problem too. If I don't get like involved with uh, baseball, like the Braves, like right at the beginning of the season, I think I'm I'm because I got to learn yeah. I got to learn who the players are. I got to learn who I care about. You know, who I'm looking uh, for. You know, if I don't yeah, do that, you got I, it, I don't man. Know. I'm gonna I'm gonna man, I'm gonna hold your hand time. all the way across this season. We're gonna we're gonna work <laughs> on this together. I'll let you know. Don't worry. I'll let you know when the spring training starts. When the regular season starts, we'll kick you off. I mean, one of the good things about baseball, honestly, a lot of people don't think that you have to start at the beginning. The season's pretty long. Typically, last year was the exception. They had to shorten it because of COVID. Uh, hopefully, like I said, we still don't know for sure, but hopefully the season will be regular length this year. We'll see. Um, but it's a really long season, 162 games. So if you miss one or two games, you know, it's not going to be the end of the world. I try to catch at least keep an eye on the scores you know, every yeah. day, but, um, yeah, I mean, what I mean is I, I need to have some sort of, uh, knowledge of the players you know, on I, the team. Like if I'm, if I'm hearing it announced or I'm watching it and I'm like, I don't even know who this guy is. Okay. That's going to, you know, that's, that takes away from me. I've got, and I'm going to be, I'm going to be working from like basically nothing. Cause I yeah. don't know. I mean, is Freeman still on the brace? Oh, 
Freeman is the Braves. Freeman is the Braves. Okay. The Braves so have a lot of good players. I got I'm, one. I got one player that I know. Nailed it. Watching. Freddie Freeman. That's it. So I'm going to, I'm going to, I hear a homework assignment for me. I've got to start, you know, writing stuff down, getting all these players, their backgrounds and everything. I'll get it ready to go. Well, maybe we'll do, once we get into the season, we'll do um, one player each week and we'll just talk about the player. We'll say, yeah. like Ronald Acuna. And we'll just dig into Ronald Acuna, like where did he come from, where did he grow up, um, what are his stats, like where does he play, what positions does he play. So that's a good. I think we just got a got a plan for down the road here. So once the baseball season starts, we'll pick a player. <laughs> Obviously, you like the Braves, I like the Cubs, so maybe we'll swap Cubs Braves um, players. Um, hopefully, the people listening like the Cubs and Braves. If not, maybe you'll learn to like them. <laughs> but we'll talk about baseball. But um, definitely, man. Um, you know, the cards will come before the season starts, so hopefully that won't be a problem for you. <laughs> the cards are coming um, the second week in February. Um, this, the spring training won't start until, you know, later. Um, but definitely it'll get you gearing up for the season, and then you'll have the cards and you'll be ready to go. You'll be like, okay, I got this player now. What is, is he any good? Um, and if you, if you end up getting really involved in it, you'll start, you know, kind of rooting for certain players if you have a card. If you have a good card... You know, a lot of the people that actually collect cards, they'll be really rooting for them, you know, especially if they're in it for investment purposes, trying to flip it, like sell it and stuff. Um, You know, if you get a good card and they're playing performing well, the value goes up, you know, you can trade, you know, sell it and make some money off of it. So it'll be interesting. We'll we'll go through this together. I'm kind of new at it again. I mean, I was out of the hobby for a long time, too. Um, So I just got in last year back into it. Um, So I'm still learning. Um, the hobby and everything so uh it'll be fun man but uh that's all i got for this week do you have anything else any closing thoughts uh should have had more bitcoin (laughs) so bitcoin's still doing well huh yeah but right now it's ethereum i was gonna i was gonna say uh you know make sure you get some more ethereum before you uh before it goes over 1400 but while we were on this call, it went up to fourteen forty-two. So it's too late. See, it's just I'm always I'm it's always a step late. late. I'm always a step late on the the uh, Bitcoin and the Ethereum. Is that what you called it? Yeah. Well. Yeah, I don't know though. Ethereum is going to be it's going to be hot. I mean, it's going to be good good year for the Ethereum. But uh, they do have. Uh, I, I was going to mention this Grayscale coming out with some more trust. Crypto trust potentially, so some of their other tokens. I know we talked a little bit about GBTC, mm-hmm. so they're actually maybe gonna make some other trusts. I think they have one for Ethereum, um, actually, but it sounds like they might do one for like Chainlink, basic attention token, Decentraland, which I've never even heard of, or LivePeer, and then Tezos, which I have heard of. So, so that's something to look out for because if they do make trusts for that, that's you know. I mean, it's a big backing of like some other altcoins that people probably, for the most part, maybe not heard of. I think everybody's heard of Bitcoin, and then you get to Ethereum. Eh, you know, it sounds like you you weren't too familiar with Ethereum, but uh, no. beyond that, there's like there's like seven thousand 
So they 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 gotta like work themselves so. out, right? Like some of these have to like kind of die out, and some are gonna take over, right? They're not gonna all they're gonna have like seven thousand forever. Like some of these are just gonna probably yeah. go, and they're gonna combine into one or something, right? Or two or three. Well, it's, what's interesting is like uh, I mean the big thing, you know, obviously Bitcoin was the first one, and then you had like Ethereum came out, and then with the last bull market in like twenty seventeen. It was all about like all these uh, initial coin offerings. And so that's like just like thousands of coins were made. And a lot of them were just like people just trying to make money really quick. And there was no actual, you know, it was like a business. As a token. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot of that going on back then. And then now uh, there's a lot of DeFi stuff going on with ethereum and that's i think the big boom for ethereum this year so but a lot of these things are built off of ethereum um rather than bitcoin like bitcoin's pretty much on its own it's kind of like gold you know it's kind of like it's like a store of value more so and ethereum is built more for like other applications to use it so like decentralized finance is what they you know, they, they call it but Anyway, we don't have to get into all that, but Ethereum is going to be hot this year. So, so you heard it from David. Ethereum, get on it now before it's fifteen thousand. David is at fifteen thousand. This is not financial advice. (laughs) (laughs) If if you if if you go bankrupt, you can't blame this podcast. Okay. All right. Well, I hope you all enjoyed it. Uh, This has been the Hobby Talk podcast with Mike Duquesne, David Scrivener. Thank you all for watching, listening. Take care. God bless.